Howdy Substackers, hello. Today I want to talk to y'all about a weird and wild symptom that I've learned uh, that comes with having gone to therapy and having been treated for anxiety and depression. I'm talking about, aside from the good symptoms, which are I'm a more emotionally balanced person and I don't want to throw myself out of a window every other day. Those are the good symptoms, but I've noticed one symptom that I did not see coming and I can't decide whether it's negative or positive. I'm going to let y'all help me decide whether it's negative or positive. But before we get into that... Uh, I would like to I would like to share uh, uh, something I've just noticed that has nothing to do with mental health at all. Something I've noticed over the past couple years, and that is, uh, y'all know to preface this, y'all know that I walk a lot. I'm a big walker. Hell, I'm walking right now, as y'all can hear. If I be quiet for a second, the cicadas or something or another boning up in them trees. I walk a lot. Uh, when I checked my pedometer yesterday which, by the way, is the way you have to pronounce that, or it sounds like you've uh, got a completely different app. When I checked my pedometer yesterday, uh, since December 14th of last year, I have taken around 3.5 million steps. I don't know how many of those millions of steps I spent talking to y'all, but I would say it's probably a, a a pretty good amount. I need to go take all my park walks, and time stamp them and see how long they are, all were and then find out how long I average walking in an hour and, and see how much I've spent talking to y'all. Maybe that's for me and a math nerd to figure out. Anyways, I've noticed something in my uh, couple years walking and that is this. People do not stop at crosswalks <laughs> as much as they used to to let pedestrians go by. Now, I don't walk on the road a lot. I stick to the trails. Uh, There's two huge reasons I stick to the trails. Number one, it's because I don't... Okay, I like people, but when I'm walking, I don't want to talk to anybody, right? I just don't want to have to do that. Uh, And they don't want to talk to me either, right? Sometimes I do. Listen, sometimes I walk around... The, the, the block part where everybody's on the strollers and like I'll wave and stuff like I'm not completely against it it's just that most of the time I'm looking for zero human interaction whatsoever it has been dude I've seen some of y'all out here before and obviously that hit for me I'm not saying I'm one of those people who walks and is like don't look at me in the eye but yeah I like the serenity part of it I, another huge reason is that I spend a good bit of my time in the woods talking to y'all and I don't want to disturb anybody else you know what I mean like I want to go where there's not a lot of people walking around so I can yap to y'all because they are trying to enjoy their peace and serenity and I don't want to disturb that now I'm not saying there hasn't been some accidental folks caught in the crossfire when I was sitting there screaming and ranting about alpha males or uh, far-right Christianity it's just that I didn't see them <laughs> and I was too deep in my screaming and usually when that happens I pause apologize and move on but anyways I, I stick to the trails and in one of these trails you walk all the way through the trail and then it takes you out to a main road where you cross the road and you go finish the trail on the other side and there's a crosswalk there And I've noticed a decline in people stopping to let me through on that crosswalk, even in the three to four years or however long it's been since I've been steady walking. Like, I feel like I remember they used to do it a little more often, 
but now it's just but I'll tell you something else I've noticed and this is going to sound ageist and maybe it is but I'll explain to you why I'm fine with it and I think it's an okay thing in a minute I've noticed that old people never stop (laughs) they never stop to let me by right and this crosswalk couldn't be more clear as day right and it's it's in the park so you're going 35 miles an hour it's not like they're zipping by and can't see me oh they see me and these old people will even be looking at me right in the face and just drive on by now again i'm out here taking my time i'm not in a hurry so i don't really get mad but i do find it funny and i've noticed that like most of the time when someone does stop it is a young person never an old person the old people always zip by and here's why I'm fine with it. And here's my theory on why that happens. That old person, and by the way, I mean, oh, I'm talking about, you know, mid-80s and above. This is the type of old that I'm talking about. I'm not talking about how some kids think 42 is old. I'm talking the elderly, the, the, the blue-haired ladies. You know what I mean? Who are amongst my favorite people in the world. But my theory is that when you get to a certain age, you innately know that you have a finite amount of time left on this earth and you're not going to stop for some whippersnapper who's got his whole life ahead of him. You know what I mean? They're sitting there going, hey pal, you can wait 22 seconds. I don't know how many 22 seconds I've got in my goddamn life and I'm going to my granddaughter's birthday party so you can suck it. And I'm fine with that. It is curious to me though, especially here in the South, where southern hospitality is such a huge thing you know that there's a lot of people that uh see me at the crosswalk and they're just like no we're going by again i don't give a shit i'd say that half the time unfortunately it's because these people are on their phone so i'm sort of lucky that i didn't start walking and then i get plowed but that's for another day to talk about what i wanted to talk to y'all about today like i said was a symptom of getting therapy and getting treatment for my anxiety and depression. And I always like to begin any talk that I have on anxiety and depression by saying this, which should be obvious to everyone. I am not a doctor, any type of physician, a licensed therapist, or even a smart person. The only things, everything I say should be taken with a grain of salt, and I can only share my experience. Now, in my opinion, when you're talking about your experience, you're always telling the truth because it is your experience, but my experience may be different from your experience. That doesn't mean that either one of us is wrong. That just means that we are different, and that is awesome, right? I have never once talked about mental health or depression, uh, trying to insinuate or ever inferring that I'm an expert on the subject. I am an expert on my own mental health, depression, and anxiety for sure because we've been buddies for 36 years, right? But the reason I talk about things like this is mainly, again, not necessarily to help give tips, whatever, even though sometimes I do give tips, but again, they work for me, might not work for you. It's really just so that, you know, those of you out there who suffer from this stuff, A, know you're not alone, and B, and I think more importantly, it's to uh, hopefully, if someone's out there and they've been considering therapy and they haven't, they haven't taken that first step yet, I hope that maybe they hear some of these and think, well, if Corey can do it, I'm braver than his ass, you know. Because that first step, I got to tell you, 
Um, to me, that was definitely the hardest part. 100% was that the hardest part. Once I got into therapy, I'm not saying it was easy to dig up some of that shit and work on myself, but like just the, the sense of relief, genuinely, y'all. I remember telling my wife when, when I signed up for my first therapy session, I got off the phone and I told my wife, I was like, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I already feel better. And she's like, why? And I was like, I don't know. Just, just knowing that I did it, knowing that I, I let my guard down and I asked for help, I already sort of, I, I already sort of feel healing. And I guess that's like part of it is like part, your healing starts when you sort of, I don't know, let go and are just like, hey, I'm not in control here. I need help. It really is a big weight off, man. But I know that it can be difficult, especially if you're a dude and you sound like me and we grew up in the culture that we're not supposed to talk about these things and that nothing is, you know, none of this is real and it's all in your head. That's my favorite thing when someone says it's all in your head. It's like, yeah, no shit, dude. <laughs> That's where all the mental stuff takes place. <laughs> hey, brain tumors are in your head too, pal. Want to say something about that? So... Anyways, a, a symptom I've noticed in my years of therapy and my years of my medication working and, and even outside of therapy, the, the good thing about therapy is like they give you these like these tools. I'm not going to say like mantras. It's not, you know, astrology shit or whatever, but like they basically they give you these things to do. You know, it's, it's sort of like the cliche when it's like, hey, next time you get angry, count to 10. That sounds stupid as shit. I used to think that sounded stupid as shit, but brother... I mean, that one trick right there, uh, that's sometimes all some people need, and it damn sure does work. Uh, one of the other tools that they gave me to use, which again, I, I don't have to be in therapy to use this, you can just use it in your everyday life, and it's sort of like the uh, count to 10 thing. I think they called it the, I've, I know I've talked about this on here before, but it bears repeating. I think it was called the rule of seven or something like that, and it was like, when a situation occurs that is, is currently stressing you out, you think to yourself, is this gonna matter in seven minutes? Is this gonna matter in seven hours? Is this gonna matter in seven months? Is this gonna matter in seven years? Basically, if the answer to most of those is no, then calm down for a second. And that really helps you put things into perspective. Because, like, dude, we all know, like, there's things I was super frustrated about last week. Super frustrated about last week that I know at the time I thought, this is it. This is the end of the world. And right now, seven days later, I don't even remember what they are. Like, literal things that in one moment can seem like, I mean, huge, monumental things. You literally won't even remember in a week. So you just got to, like, for me, it was... Him trying to, my therapist trying to get me to realize in the moment that that was true so that you should start calming down and shit. So those are good tools to use. But anyways, the symptom of going to therapy, taking medication and getting help for my anxiety and my depression is that now I have like x-ray vision for other people's problems. <laughs> like, before, like, like before you get therapy and get help for your anxiety and depression or like let's say hypothetically before you even realize that you struggle with those things it's like you're walking around completely blindfolded to your problems and everybody else's problems because you're just like this is the world right and as soon as you get and again this is why i can't decide if this is a good or a bad thing as soon as you get help 
And as soon as you start working on yourself and as soon as you start noticing those positive changes in you, you become acutely aware of the problems around you that other people are going through. And that, to me, is kind of a curse. Like, I've got so many friends, and, and dude, we all know, I, I, I think it's well known at this point, that like, mental health problems are rampant in society, right? Now, whether that is a new phenomenon, or whether that's been the case for a long time, that's not for me to answer. Now, I will say this, I kind of think about it in terms of they go, oh, well, there's more autistic people now. And I'm like, yeah, but don't you think that's because they're diagnosing it more now? Like, do you, do you really think, I mean, and look, I don't know. I don't know the science, but I'm just saying some things are being diagnosed more now. Like they go, oh, there wasn't ADD when we were kids. Yes, there was, dog. Dude, yes, there was. <laughs> there 100% was. They just didn't know what to call it, and it wasn't being diagnosed. And like, <clears throat> I guess high diagnosis is a double-edged sword in the sense that like, I'm sure that there are people who get diagnosed with shit that they don't actually have just because it maybe there was a scummy doctor and it was easier to just throw that pill at them than work on the real thing. I don't know. Like Joe Zimmerman, comedian buddy of ours, phenomenal comedian. Yeah, you should look up Joe Zimmerman. He's got albums on Apple. He'll come to your town soon, I'm sure. He tours with Brian Regan a lot. And I'm going to butcher his joke, but basically the contention of the joke was he's like... Uh, yeah, I went to a doctor in New York, and I was like, I think I have ADD. And the doctor goes, do you have insurance? And I said, yeah, why? And he goes, oh, you have ADD. <laughs> you know? In other words, <clears throat> doctors will just throw Adderall at you because, you know, whatever. ADD is super. So I'm certain that there's people. I have severe ADD. Severe. All right. And what's unfortunate about ADD is that... The medication for ADD, which is often Adderall, Ritalin, some type of speed, that increases my anxiety, which makes my depression worse. And so I have chosen just to live with the ADD part. You know what I mean? I'm not adding, I'm not adding Adderall to the other stuff that I take. Because in my opinion, it would it would counter counteract it. But ADD is such a real thing, and it can be a crippling thing, dude. And I notice it more around other people. I mean, dude, and when you combine ADD with depression, I don't know if you know this, but depression uh, makes you a very forgetful person. I told this to Trey the other day that I'd learned that, and he was like, oh, my God, this kind of explains a lot. I've always had, like, a really good, you know, memory, but maybe I've been struggling with depression more and I don't know exactly why I just know that that's one of the symptoms of depression is memory loss I don't know exactly why but it's probably something to do with our brain being even if our brain is broken like mine is our brain is still insanely powerful and uh it can shut things off <laughs> and when you're sad Maybe it just, maybe it also has a bad way of being like, nope, we're only focusing on the sad right now, so any other information we're throwing away. I don't know. I don't know. But my point is, is that man, 
I have noticed so many more of my friends who have borderline crippling anxiety that I never noticed before. I never noticed it before. And I think the reason I never noticed it is because I had, you know, a similar thing and we were all just like, yeah, this is normal. Or, or more likely, it's because I didn't pay attention to them because I was worried about my own shit, right? I think that a, a huge symptom of ADD, depression, and anxiety, I think you can become a really selfish person, which I was, which I still am, and I'm, I'm working on it. But, like, there's, there's ways in which it was totally my fault to be that way, and there's ways in which it wasn't my fault. Because I can tell you, when you're depressed and you have anxiety, you're, you spend a lot of time focusing on how to make that go away which means focusing a lot on yourself. Now, I didn't do it in healthy ways, you know. I didn't do it in healthy ways at all. Everything was just a distraction, you know, and that's where probably the ADD comes in too. I just moved from one thing to the next because as long as I was keeping my mind busy on those, I didn't have time to think about how fucking depressed I was and how much I wouldn't mind walking out into traffic, you know what I mean? And yeah, all the stereotypes you hear about watching a lot of porn when you're depressed, so true, dude. <laughs> Not to be graphic, but so fucking true. Like, I ain't even saying this to brag or act holier than now or nothing, but like, I ain't watched porn in a hot minute, you know? I mean, myriad of reasons why. Uh, you know, I have a kid, uh, I have a wife, whatever. But like, dude, it's 100% because I'm a healthier person. <laughs> you know what I mean? The porn was like, I think sometimes people don't have, their, their sex addiction is really just depression manifesting itself into, you know, for these seven minutes, well, if I'm being generous, for these 15 seconds, I don't feel bad, which is probably why the shame after is so much more intense, because not only do you feel dirty, like God seeing Adam's ding-dong for the first time in the Garden of Eden. Not only do you feel dirty, but also your dopamine is gone. That thing that you were chasing is completely gone. But man, I notice it. I notice it in my friends. I notice it in my family. And that, that's a, it's a weird thing. And I don't know if I like it because here's the deal. You, you wanna, you, on one hand, you want to think, I'm glad I noticed this because now I can help them, Right? Well, who the fuck am I? You know what I mean? Like, think about that, really. Think about what it what it means to walk up to a person and go, hey, I think something's wrong with you. And I know because something was wrong with me, but I fixed myself. Like, that's a hell of a thing to say to a motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, how do you phrase that? Because I can tell you right now, um, I wouldn't have liked it if someone said that to me. I would have thought that they were judging me. And the thing about it is, is even if you're trying not to be judgmental, and even if you have the purest intentions, which of course I would have, you still are judging them. I have judged and decided that your brain needs fixing and that you have problems. That's, that's fucked up, man. You ought not do that. <laughs> I think. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe y'all are going, no, absolutely. It is your responsibility as someone to point out when someone needs help. Now, you know, there's a difference if, like, you have a friend that is, like, like you think they're genuinely suicidal. That's 100% different. Obviously, dude, intervene. Inter-fucking-vene. You know, hell, risk them getting mad at you because you don't want to have that on your conscience. But, you know, how do you do it? You know? The only way I know how to do it is to be, and I know that this gets on some people's nerves, but, like, 
you know, I sort of, like, dude, being, this is, I hate this about myself, but it's true, but being someone who has been helped so much through therapy and medication almost makes you behave like an evangelical Christian in the way that you're like, I can't keep this good news to myself. I've got to go tell it on the mountain. So, like, you know, there's always just the hope that people, and I don't see how you couldn't notice. I mean, ask my wife if she can tell the difference between me pre-therapy and me now. Um, Yeah, it's a stark difference, bruh, in almost every aspect of my life. Do I still slip from time to time? Naturally, of course. But, like, now I recognize the slip, and it's so often that I can, it's so unoften that I can correct it and, uh, you know, it makes me feel bad for a second, but then I just remember the progress I've made. So the only, your only hope is that other people see, my, see what my wife has seen and is like, man, Corey really does seem happier. And for me to be vocal about that, I went to therapy, and hopefully they can put two and two together. together, together. Hopefully they can put two and two together. So, like, lead by example, I guess. Now, that's a hell of a thing to say from someone who is currently shouting into a microphone to thousands of people, hey, don't tell people, act that way. But y'all are different. (laughs) But anyways, man, yeah, that is just, that's a weird damn symptom that I personally have encountered, and uh, maybe y'all have too. Maybe those of you out there who have gotten help have noticed that uh, now that the blinders blinders are off, you sort of like, you know, you see the hurt in people all the time. And uh, that really sucks, man. That really, really, really sucks. There are so many people that do not have to be living with the pain that they live with. And, and sometimes they don't even realize, because some, some of the things seem so innocuous. Like, I got family members that have, I don't think they have any idea how insanely high their level of anxiety is. Because, frankly, I knew that I had problems with anxiety before I got help because, I mean, I was having panic attacks and stuff all the time. But I didn't realize how bad it was until it wasn't anymore, if that makes sense. That, that's really the only way to know. And once, once it wasn't anymore, I started noticing all my friends who didn't have anxiety, and I was like, oh, this is how, oh, wow, this is how you've been living your life the whole time? You piece of shit. What a cheat code. What a cheat code. You know what I mean? And the depression too. Like I knew it was bad, but I did not know how it was bad until it wasn't bad anymore. You have no idea how many days I wasted away in the bed physically unable to move. Physically unable to move. Mentally, obviously, but physically just couldn't do it. I would want to. I would sit there and I would stare at my chest of drawers going, I'm going to get up, I'm going to put some pants on, I'm going to do something. And I just wouldn't. I was physically and mentally incapable of doing it because I was like, what am I going to do when I do? I'll put some shorts on and what? Then go sit on the couch instead of laying in the bed? No thanks. I'd just rather lay in the fucking bed. Would never cross my mind. Oh, maybe get out and walk. I don't know. See nature. Go see your family. You, 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 you don't. Your brain won't let you, man. It won't let you. It tricks you and shit. And I just now see so many people who I know that they're their brains are controlling them and they're not controlling their brains and I'm just sad for them uh and you know dude again I ain't fucking completely healed or nothing I'm just on my 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 journey to becoming a a a better healthier emotional person will 100% be with me until the day I die because like 
dude, you don't fix 35 years of something in a couple weeks, months, years. Like, you just can't. Like, you know, old dogs, new tricks, all that stuff. Which, by the way, that's bullshit. You can 100% teach old dogs new tricks. Um, Because there was a point in my life, right before I started therapy, that I was like, man, I don't know. I feel like if you don't get in when you're a kid, you're screwed. Because, like, my, my Badula Oblongata is already formed. And, I mean, that's true. And it does take some work, you know? I mean, maintaining an 88 Chevy is going to be harder than maintaining a 2023 one. I don't know if that analogy applies, but I think it's true. Um, but, yeah, man, you know, it's... Uh, it's, it's about, you know, it's about every day. It's sort of like when you when you quit smoking cigarettes, you know, they tell you, hey, don't ever say that, you, that you're never having a cigarette again. Say that you're not having one today. And then every day, wake up and say the same thing. Because everybody can handle a day of not smoking. You know what I mean? And it makes sense. Um... I don't know how that one applies to your brain, but all I'm saying is, uh, take that first step, baby. And uh, and also, I would like to know if you're someone who has taken that first step, gotten help. Do you notice it all the time? And does it make you sadder than shit to realize how how much better we as a society could be if this goddamn country took mental health more serious? And by the way. Allow me to step down off my soapbox and being pretentious for a while. I'm aware I'm speaking from a place of privilege because I can afford something else we need to talk about. I can afford my mental health care. There's a ton of people who I'm sitting here who might be listening to this thinking, yeah, Corey, I'd love to take the first step, but I can't because I ain't got the money. Yeah, man, that's fucked up. Dude, number one, y'all know how I feel about socialized medicine and the role I think the government should play in making sure that all of its citizens are healthy. In my opinion, it behooves the government for us to all be healthy, right? There would be less crime. People would be more productive members of society, but they're all, that there ain't, you know, there ain't no money in the cure, only in the treatment, whatever the fuck, any, any phrase you want to say. They want us to be you know, docile, they fucking want the old to die, whatever it is. I mean, really, it's just that they don't want to spend the money when they could be spending that money on war and padding senators and Congress people's pockets who are, you know, already getting paid by the tobacco companies and the oil companies and all that shit. Dude, we could, everybody in this country could get free health care multi times over by just the money that we spend on warheads and tanks that are still sitting in Iraq since 1992 never fucking got used. Billions and billions. If we taxed fucking billionaires more, if so many of these things, or, you know, if churches, if mega churches paid their fair share in tax, you could solve it right there. Let them put their money where their mouth is. Hey, you know what Jesus would want to do? He would want to make sure that everybody is clothed, fed, and taken care of. And if we set aside a special tax that was just for the church and all that money went to that shit, I mean, how could you complain, pastors? How could you complain? It's what Jesus would have wanted. And it is bullshit. Every single person in this world 
regardless of their finances, should be able to walk into the doctor and go, doctor, I got help. I'm de- I need help. I'm depressed. I have anxiety. And it shouldn't cost them a fucking dime. And I know some of y'all going to come in with, well, somebody's got to pay for it. I will. I've got ta- use my taxes. Use my taxes. I'm glad for you to use my taxes for that. Just you fucking don't. I do really well. And I know a lot of well-off people who would be who would say, charge me. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, I can't sit here and individually pay for everybody's health care. I'd be broke in two seconds. Hell, I'd probably be broke if I did it for one person. It, you know. But we... Oh, God. This, that's a whole other podcast, y'all. That's a whole other goddamn podcast. And it's infuriating. Now I got myself upset again. Anyways. <laughs> great, Corey. Mental health talk made you depressed. How ironic. All right. Well, I love y'all. This has been a Saturday park rant. And uh, as y'all know, tomorrow is the big day. It's another Sunday sermon with Pastor Corey. Yes, I'm going to keep them things up. I sure am going to keep them things up. Talked with my social media manager, my good friend, the other day. And we're going to put together live stream, possibly sermons, definitely meetings, gatherings, once a month for paid subscribers. The offering plate is always going around, as you know. It's going to be fun. Okay, let me get out of the pastor voice because that's for later. Uh, (laughs) I would like to thank the 50 or so people who went from being a free subscriber to being a paid subscriber uh, over the past week. And that was really sweet. Um, I don't know whether it was that your finances changed and you were like, cool, hey, I can afford this now. And hey, if so, that's great. Or if you were just like, hey, I didn't really know if it was worth it at the time, but this Substack does bring me value, and I would like to pay for that value. Uh, you know what I mean? And that's the, way I, that's the way I think about it. You know, like, the $5 a month is, is, is this is, I, I would like to think this is a service. It's entertainment. You know, I'm being your buddy. And I think what's cooler about this Substack than almost any form of anything. Like when I put up something on Twitter, you know, it's free, but like we don't really get to start a discussion in there because them comments are like, sections can be wild and stupid and public. But in here, it's like a community and like a family. And I would like to say, as I always say, if you can only afford to be here for free, that is totally fine. No slight on you whatsoever. However, like I just said about healthcare, for those of you who can afford it, it helps me be able to keep it free for those who can't. That's how I look at it. One cup of coffee a month will get you the Sunday sermon. Huh. It gets you park rants. Huh. It gets you other types of podcasts. Huh. It gets you essays. Huh. And we're about to bring my sister Kirby, who y'all know from Putting on Airs, Little House of the Dragon. She's going to be coming on here, helping me out with a series. Series. Uh, but hey, I'll tell you what, we're going to build this whole thing around Sunday Sermon. I got so much good feedback. I got actual emails. I got voice messages. So yeah, I think Pastor Corey will be back every Sunday. And y'all remember to send in your prayer requests. I just put it up on my Instagram story so you could send in prayer requests. But you could also leave them in the comments here. Or, um, damn it, I'm walking. I'm not going to be able to put the link. On a couple posts back, I put a freaking link to... I'll put it in the comments later where you can leave me voice messages and stuff. How about that? Lord, you're so professional, Corey. All right, y'all have a good Saturday. Thanks for listening. Love you. See you. Bye.